the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, and thank you for joining us, listeners. Let's pray. Father, we just love you so much. We ask that you would bless this time, and especially for the listeners as they're in their cars or maybe at home um, listening to the program. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bless each one exactly where they are and provide for them exactly the needs that they have to have today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in Psalm 117, but before I read that psalm, I really would like to talk about, have you ever thought about Jesus singing? Um, A lot of people know that uh, Satan, who we refer to as Lucifer, was a worship leader in heaven before his fall. We think of him as being like a singer. However, we never really think about Jesus singing, do we? However, there are several places in the Bible that talks about Jesus singing. And I want to take you to the first place, and that's going to be in Matthew 26. And Matthew is, for, for those of you that are not really Bible readers, it's the first book in the New Testament and the first of the four Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we're at Matthew 26, and we're, we're in what we refer to as the Last Supper, although they didn't call it that, you know, then, um, but we, we do here. But so um, I'm going to read a little bit uh, right before the verse that I'm going to really get to and hone in on. I'm going to start in verse 27. So we're in Matthew 26, 27, and we're going to read 27, 28, and, uh, all the way to 30. So um, here it goes. Then he took the cup, and this is Jesus taking the cup, and gave thanks and offered it to them, and them as the disciples, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of wine from now until the day that when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So he's, he's doing what we refer to as communion. 
and he's blessing, he's, he's referring to the cup. But they've eaten already, and he's, it says here in, in verse 30, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, this is Jesus and his disciples in the upper room having the, what we call the Last Supper, And it says here, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they sang a hymn. And what what is this hymn? And why are they singing a a hymn? Well, the Jews refer to um, Psalms 110 to 118 as what they call the Jewish liturgy. Or some people call it the Egyptian halal, and that are psalms that the Jewish people sang every year at Passover. So they celebrated Passover once a year, and this is the this is you know when they were in Egypt, and um, Moses was trying to get his people out of Egypt, and he was saying to Pharaoh, "Let my people go." And the plagues happened. And of course, the last plague was when the firstborn of every animal and every person died. God took the firstborn. And he said to Moses, tell everybody to put, you know, the lamb, the blood of the lamb over their doorpost so that, you know, the angel of death would pass over them and they would not the firstborn would not be taken. So they celebrate Passover, remembering that God passed over them so that their firstborn would not die. And all of Egypt's firstborn, including their cattle, died. So the Jewish people, as they celebrated Passover, will sing some of these psalms from Psalm 110, um, before their Passover supper, and some of them after. But it really doesn't tell us here which one of those psalms they sang. But it was probably closer to the end. So maybe Psalm from maybe Psalm from one thirteen to maybe one eighteen. So I wanted to explain that to you because I'm reading Psalm one seventeen, which by the way is the shortest psalm in the whole Bible. I mean, in all of Psalms, it's the shortest psalm. But could it be that Jesus sang 117? Also, um, before we get to reading that, I'd like to read the parallel verse that is in Mark. So I'm going to go to Mark uh, 114. um, I'm sorry, Mark 14, and it's in verse 26. So, um, this is, again, the Last Supper, and I just want to read the verse 26, and it says, When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So, it's written in two different places, recording that Jesus sung, and he sung one of those hymns, which would have been the Passover hymns which is the, one of the hymns that I'm going to write. And there are other 
scriptures that talk about the possibility of Jesus singing. It's it's not as direct as this, but you can read um, Hebrew 2.12, where they're singing there, and Romans 15.9. So take a look at those two scriptures um, and think about this, that Jesus sung those Passover hymns before Passover supper and after Passover supper every single year before he died on the cross. And this would have been the last time. And he says that this is the last time. And then he goes to the cross the next day, right? So for 33 and a half years or, you know, 30, he, he did Passover supper and probably sang songs as early as maybe two or three years old, these psalms. Now, um, I'm finally going to read the psalm um, 117. And, and think about when you read any of these songs, I mean any of these psalms, especially from 110 to 118, that Jesus sang those psalms along with his parents probably um, and, 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 and siblings during Passover supper. So verse 1, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. And then it ends with, praise the Lord, or hallelujah, praise the Lord. What a beautiful psalm that is. So that's Psalm 117. That here we go, that Jesus may have been the one that uh, sang that psalm as his last psalm before his death. I do want to talk today. Um, you know, we've just concluded Christmas and New Year, and a lot of you have probably um, put some new resolutions down last month as to what you're going to be doing this year. But some people, especially some people that have been alone going through all of the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And for some people, it's not as joyous of a time as it is for others. I mean, a lot of people are celebrating, exchanging gifts, doing all kinds of things and having fun. And then New Year's hits and yay, everybody's celebrating the New Year. Um out with the old and in with the new. I can remember um, when my previous husband passed away uh, over 30 years ago, how he died in October. So there it was. Thanksgiving hit me like a ton of bricks. It was my th- first Thanksgiving without him. And I thought, wow, can I ever breathe? How can I survive this? And of course, I had two children at, you know, in college, and I hadn't expected that he was going to die. And I thought, wow, 
Can I survive this holiday? Do I make a Thanksgiving turkey? Please, somebody, invite me and my kids to Thanksgiving dinner. I just don't know if I can muster up the energy to have Thanksgiving with my children. It was a sad time for me, and it's usually a joyous, happy, thankful time. But that first Thanksgiving was drudgery. I wanted that blanket to stay over my head as long as I could keep it there. But I had two kids to worry about. And, but it was difficult. And for some of you, maybe it wasn't the death of a spouse. Maybe it's just that alone feeling that you've had oh so many years and thinking, do I have to go one more year alone? Lord, can you find a spouse for me? Could this be the year? Or maybe just renting out a room and having another person to talk to. For all those reasons, the holidays could have been really sad. And maybe you've taken the holiday of Thanksgiving, got through the holiday of Christmas and New Year's, but you're still down. It takes months to get yourself up from either the drudgery of just being alone, like I said, or having someone unexpectedly pass away. I'd like to talk to you about um, what God has for us. I first want to take you to Matthew 5, 4. Matthew 5, 4. And it says here, and we were in 5 before. (laughs) That's funny that I just said 5 before. But um, this is the Beatitudes, as I said. And in in this is written in red, so Jesus is talking, and he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So if you did lose a spouse recently, or someone in your family, maybe a father or mother or sister, brother, God forbid a child, and it's still so painful that pain hasn't gone away. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Go to Jesus. He will comfort you. I know that after Walt passed away, people gave me that scripture, and honestly, I wanted to throw it right back at them because I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like he was comforting me. It didn't feel like Jesus was helping me, even though he was. I couldn't see beyond the hurt that I was feeling. My heart was so broken. Or I have a friend that has been 19 years. Her husband had passed away, and she's waiting for the Lord to bring a spouse to her. And she's in her 60s, in her mid-60s, I believe. And so she's been waiting on the Lord to bring someone. 
and the loneliness creeps in. And it's hard. But the Lord is there. And you can trust in him. You can lean on him. And he does hear your cries. <clears throat> I'd like to take you to Isaiah 30, 11. <clears throat> you know, um, a lot of times when we're so lonely and so hurt from a death of a, you know, someone in our family, um, we just need a hug. And so if there are people around you that you know of, um, please hug your friend or your family member that has lost someone. And you that have lost someone, please receive that hug because it was hard for me to receive that hug. Okay, we're going to Psalm 3011. And um, the Lord had given me the psalm after Walt died, and it was about three months later. And it took me a long time. My mother stayed in my room. She slept in my same bed for, for three months after Walt died. He died in October. And my father kept saying to my mom, you know, come back to Hawaii with me. I'm, I'm here. And the church, which she was so busy at the church, kept saying, when are you coming home, Loretta? But she was on a mission to help me get through this time. And it took three months. And I was so blessed. But the Lord gave me this. And it says here, you turned my wailing or my mourning in some scriptures, says, into dancing. You removed my shackle, my sackcloth, and clothed me with joy. And he, he's the only one that can do that. And for me, um, you know, I, I think I've told a lot of you have heard my testimony that I was born and raised in Hawaii. And um, a lot of people take up the hula. And, um, but the Lord spoke to me three months after Walt died. And he said to me, in my heart, not, I didn't hear this voice, booming in my ear, but he said in my heart, Rhody, dance with me. And that was the strangest thing I could ever imagine. And my girlfriend used to come every morning while I was um, sleeping and she'd make herself a cup of coffee and, you know, peek in the room to see if I was okay because my mother was up bright and early. And um, she would put Christian music on. And when I heard this, I was still in bed, still mourning, and I heard the Lord saying with, to me, dance with me. And he gave me this scripture. You turned my mourning or my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. And I thought, now what could that mean? So I got up out of bed I walked over to the kitchen where my music was playing and I remembered that I knew how to sign. You know, American Sign Language, I had a friend when I was in high school whose brother was deaf 
And because I was so anxious to talk to him, I picked up words and finally was able to say sentences to him. And the Lord spoke to me as I was standing in the kitchen. I know this sounds crazy, but in my heart, he spoke to me and he said, dance with me. And I heard the songs um, that were playing on that little cassette, you know, my boombox that my friend used to put on replay um, so that whatever tape she put in in the morning, it played all day. It just would go on a loop. I heard the song playing, these Christian songs, and I just started dancing to whatever the song was saying, using sign language as talking to the Lord. So that was the first time I really prayed three months later after my husband passed away that I thought, I'm going to make it. Yes, I did pray for those three months that I laid in bed, but my prayers were gibberish. And my prayers were just prayers of hurt. Why me, Lord? Those kind of prayers. I didn't expect you to take him home. Or what about my kids' weddings? He's not going to be around for those. I was talking to the Lord, but just laying on thing after thing that I was going to miss because he had taken my husband home. But this time, I was actually worshiping the Lord in song and in dance in my kitchen, kind of walking into my kitchen table. But I was so blessed for the first time. And the scripture turned my wailing, my mourning, my sadness, my hurt, my loneliness, all those things into dancing. And, you know, loneliness for some of you or even just being depressed because you're alone could be a sackcloth. He will turn that deep sorrow, depression, time of wounds that are so heavy, just push it onto his shoulders, off of yours, onto his shoulders. Let February, let this month be a new birth of time for you that you can come out of that darkness that of loneliness or of sorrow. He will turn your mourning into dancing. Your sackcloth will be clothed with joy instead. Now, <clears throat> I'd like to talk to those of you that have never opened your heart to accepting Jesus as your Savior. This means you want to be born again. You haven't heard that term? You're going to be born of the Spirit. Your Spirit is going to come alive. And the change that's going to happen in you is that Jesus is going to live in your heart and you are going to live in him. It says, he in us and we in him. And you will walk daily with him. He will make a change in your heart because you've given your heart over to him. 
You don't have to change your heart after that. He does it. He will make such a drastic change. The things of the past will no longer be exciting for you because he will give you a new walk and people will think, hey, Joe, what happened to you? Hey, Susie Q, what happened to you? He made a change in your life because you made a decision to accept him as your savior and he, your sins have already been taken care of. The sins of the world have everybody has, has been taken care of. He died on the cross already for them. All you have to do is accept him as your savior. If you want to do that today, follow me in this very simple prayer. Dear Lord, forgive me of my sin because I am a sinner. Wash me as white as snow. I want you to forgive me of the sins of the past, the present, and the future. Today, I want to follow you as my Savior. Come into my heart and live with me. Change me, Lord. I give my whole heart, my everything. I'm all in for you, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've said that simple prayer, let somebody know. Call the station. Call me um, at the end of the um, trailer. You'll be able to find out how to get hold of me. Tell a friend that now you are walking with Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Bye for now. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.